All right. Welcome back to another episode of Revan the Revenue Engine. Justin, it's good to see you again. We're back. We are back. Uh, it's been a crazy year so far. It it has. You know, we our last episode, <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were a little disappointed that it took us a month in between episodes. And we said, hey, we're going to be trying to get a little bit more uh, committed to this, release two a month. And here we are. It's been almost two months, I think. And uh, we're just releasing another one. So it's uh, us putting our foot in our mouth a little bit. But, um, you know, sometimes life throws you curveballs. You know, me, wasn't expecting a major career shift. Uh, but I've spent the last 60 days um, leaving an organization, joining a new organization, getting ramped. So it's been uh, quite a whirlwind for me personally. So uh, super stoked to be back and chatting with you again, though. Yeah. First off, congrats on the new role. I know that's uh, Thank you, that was huge. You've been at you've been at your previous company for quite a while, so starting a new one is is, is, uh, is huge for you. So congrats on that. And yeah, yeah same for me. It's um, life really got in the way. We weren't planning on moving, and but we found the house that we wanted to really spend a very long time in. So we we pulled the trigger. As you can see, my background is now different from what it used to be. Um, you're in our new house, um, and then quickly right after that, having a youngin. Um, going to daycare, he brought home a lot of germs and, uh, the whole family got sick. So, um, yeah, it was quite a whirlwind for, for there for about uh, a month or two. Um, and I think, you know, as professionals, we, we, you know, I think this is a good thing to talk about is like, just take a break. You know, Dustin and I spoke, um, recording felt like an added thing on top of us at that time. And so we, we both kind of said like, take a step back, take a little break, you know, uh, get the mind back together, uh, spend time with the family. And I think us as professionals, we need to do that sometimes just take a mental break from doing a lot of the extra stuff that you're doing and just enjoy some of the time with your family and kind of get yourself put together, uh, and then hop back into it. And so, um, yeah, that's what we did. And and we're excited to be back. Um, very excited about, about this episode as well. So Dustin, I'll let you kind of intro this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So the last time that we we spoke, right, we talked about what's more important, leads versus accounts. And we ultimately came to the conclusion, right, accounts is what matters, specifically in enterprise sales. And when we're thinking about how sales and ABM work together, the focus is going to be on accounts-based selling. Hence, ABM, right? It's not LBM, it's account-based marketing, not lead-based marketing. So now that we know what the focus is on, the next thing that we want to talk about is, you know, how do you understand what accounts we're actually going to be working as a selling team? Um, and so we're going to be talking about account selection a little bit. I think this is important to first start with differentiating what ICP is, right? Your ideal customer profile and what the target account may be for you as a selling team. So my take on this is, you know, an ICP ICP and nailing that, that has to be more of a um, a company initiative. This needs to be something that is done not by the individual contributors, not from the, the AE and the ABM representative. It, it needs to be part of a larger company uh, go-to-market strategy. So this should have your executives involved. This should be across sales, marketing, product. Every function should be weighing in on what your ideal customer profile should look like. And that's where you talk about, okay, are we going to focus on specific industries or verticals? Are we going after certain 
uh, companies with so many uh, employees and headcount, or is it going to be based off of revenue or budget? It's There's a lot of different things that can be focused on, but it's important to think about it in this way. Your, your ICP is an organizational-wide uh, initiative that's part of a larger go-to-market strategy. And within that go-to-market strategy, they will build out this ICP. That ICP is then handed down to your individual contributor teams. And the way I like to think of it is that's the pond, right? That is the pond that you then can go swimming in or you can go fishing in, right? And then once you have that ICP, then as a team, you can go in there and you can start to think about what are the actual accounts you want to work? Because you can be given a pond or a pool of 2,000 accounts and maybe you have five enterprise sellers, right? You're not going to focus on all 2,000 of those accounts. That is not a reasonable thing to do as an enterprise seller, even with five of you. So the next thing that you have to do, right? You have your ICP, you have that done, is you have to figure out what accounts you're actually going to focus on. So this is where I think the the cross-function alignment between sales and marketing really comes into play. And I think, Justin, I want to hear your thoughts on how you do these targeted accounts, because from a seller's perspective, I don't want to be the one to make the final call on my own. I don't want to say I'm the seller. I know best. These are the accounts. This is where I think ABM has a ton of value to be added. So talk us through picking out the targeting uh, targeted accounts a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think where there's there's what I call the holy trinity of selecting accounts, and that is sales, ABM, or marketing, um, and RevOps. And, and all three of those parties need to come together and figure it out. Because when you just rely on sales, um, let's face it, the, the shiny logo can always distract a lot of sales reps. Let's, let's face it. I mean, I, I was a sales rep. I was blinded by the shiny logos. Even though they told me to F off half the time or whatever, I still wanted that. You know, that big logo, I was like, I, if I can land this, I, I mean, I am smooth sailing from here. I am the rock star AE, all this stuff. Um, but let's face it, a lot of times the shiny ones aren't always the best fit accounts. Um, and so you kind of have to have those those outside perspectives like marketing and RevOps who focus more on the data side or the customer side to help you kind of guide that AE to understand, yeah, Company A, nice, big, huge, shiny logo, but they have never spoken to us before. They've never wanted to speak to us. They've never, they, they've answered our emails and said, no, we are never going to be interested or something along these lines. We don't need to be going after that company. Here's where we are winning though. Here's how we're winning and, and what's, what's helping us win. Um, and, you know, you could even, I'd even throw in an honorable mention to the BI team as well. I think the business intelligence team, if you have something like that, uh, within your organization. Sometimes RevOps can do it, but you know, there's, I remember at Redgate, we had a separate BI team there. Having them kind of come in and pull in even more granular data into where we've won, where we've lost, uh, what, if you're in a territory model, what, what accounts, what type of accounts, what size accounts, what revenue, um, is, is, is working within your territory. Um, so, you know, if you're trying like companies who don't really have an ICP defined or a target account list defined, and they're just going after anybody, that's a lot of wasted resources, a lot of wasted time. If you are just more targeted with your approach by defining that ICP, 
um, and providing your sales reps and your marketing team with this uh, this blueprint of what is an ideal customer profile, now you're going to be more targeted and direct, and you're not going to waste resources on bad leads, bad accounts, um, you know, going after the wrong wrong type of accounts or anything like that. You can go exactly after who you know you're being the most successful with. Um, and that's not just based off of uh, demographics that can be based off of business objectives. What kind of goals are these companies trying to accomplish? It can be going off of what challenges have we solved um, for types of companies and, and see if we can find other companies facing those challenges. Um, different traits within companies. Um, there's a lot of different things you can really get as granular as possible by working together. Um, but it has to be, it has to be a team effort here. Um, looking at the data and not just going off of emotions. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I think, you know, a good exercise that can be done, especially if you're building this from scratch um, mm -hmm. is to build, to build some sort of tool to help you do this. So in the past um, I've leveraged and have helped build a scorecard. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what we've done is, we would build out uh, an Excel spreadsheet ultimately and do a scoring system and ultimately would break it down into, uh, you know, what industry are they in? You know, what are the, the firmographics of the company? What are, right, what's the employee headcount? What's the revenue? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the technographics? Do they, you know, for me being in the software sales and, you know, what I focused on is do they have the right sort of backend infrastructure that we want to work with? Do they already have, um, you know, cloud partnerships in place, things like that. And ultimately, you can build this matrix to have, say, whatever your five key, um, you know, points that you're trying to look at and then go across columns and say, well, if they don't have anything, they're a zero. If they have some, they get three. Or if they're perfect, they have five. And then yep. you have to decide which one of those five rows of uh, data points that you're looking at carries the most weight build a weighted scale, formulate it. And now you have a calculator that can ultimately be handed over to your accounts team and say, do the research, plug it in as you go. And this will spit it out to say, this is a super sexy account. You should spend a lot of time on it. Or yeah, that's an awesome logo, but it's probably going to produce shit results. Right? So having a some sort of mechanism, and I think this is where having your RevOps team or a territory planning team whatever it may be called within your organization, be part of this exercise is super important because yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways that you can skin this cat. But I think the, the key thing is going to be having all three of those functions agree on that scorecard and to have leadership and middle management directors sit down and be the ones to build that out and provide that as a resource to your teams. Yeah, and I love that you called it an exercise because that's that's exactly what it is. This is something that you're going to have to continue doing over and over again. Um, and it's not going to be four times a year. I mean, sometimes it's once yeah. a year that you do this. This is enterprise sales. So these sales cycles take a long time. You can't just exhaust one one angle into an account and say, like, I, I don't want to work this account anymore. I want a new account. you got to continue working these and, and going after them. It could be once or twice a year you're doing this exercise, but you've got to continue practicing it. And that's that's on everybody practicing this. And, and it's kind of an art to be able to for sales to define where they want to go 
for marketing to help guide sales to get there, rev ops to, to help supply the data, um, you know, as marketers, that battle between sales and marketing is always going to be there. there. There's always some sort of tension there, no matter what. Um, but, you know, if you're one team, you, you both understand we have the same goal here. We want to create revenue. We want to get closed deals and everything like that. So it's up to marketing to be able to provide the data and, and help the account executives see we're not winning where you want to go, but we are winning right here. And a lot of times it's the, the accounts that you would never expect. They're like some of the best, actually. Um, the, the very least sexy ones uh, are usually some of the best ever. Um, yeah. and, and you just got to help build a business case to show this is exactly where we're winning and how we're winning there. Um, and that could be based off of ARR. That could be based off of ACV. Uh, it could be a combination of, of ARR and how fast are we closing deals? Um you know, it could be a lot of different data points there, but it's up to you as the marketer to work with RevOps and AEs um, to to help everybody see the clear picture of where we need to be going. Um, and you got to do that in a manner where you're not overstepping boundaries. Um, you're not stepping on toes. You're not trying to be like, this is it's my way or the highway. Like everybody's got to understand we're all here for the same thing is to create revenue here's what we're, what we're seeing. And you, you, you just have some data and some value to back yourself up. Um, I think that's where a lot of marketing teams slip is where they don't provide the, the why it's the, this is how you're going to do it. And that's going to, that's going to rub sales the wrong way. Uh, that's, I can tell you that that's account executives do not like being told what to do or how to do it from an outside um, source. And um, you can't do it. Definitely not for marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not for marketing. Um, I'll defend marketing uh, until I, I die, can. but you can't. Uh, <laughs> you cannot. I've watched it happen. You cannot go in and say this is how you're going to do your job when either no. you aren't doing the same job or have never done that job or something like that. No. That's how you get ran out of a room pr pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You uh, so you touched on something briefly there when you talked about how often this exercise can be done, right? So I think there's there's two sides of that coin. The first one is that actual scorecard building. Um, that that is probably something that is you know, you build it once, and then they the the ICs they go and use it. They'll give you some feedback, and yeah, you know, you may have to tweak some of the the weighted criteria, things like that. Like, mm -hmm. so you need to have reasonable expectations that you're probably not going to get it right the first time, and that's just on the scorecard exercise. The other side of the coin, in terms of, I would talk about is you know, recycling of accounts and the mm -hmm. expectation of how often are you actually, as a selling team, looking at your account set as a whole. So. I'll just talk from my perspective. I work 15 accounts as a seller, right? And I have to go through an account selection exercise. Now, you know, I, I have a scorecard. I have a team that helps me do this account selection. We go through it. Um, you know, the next thing is to take that data and, and prioritize the accounts. And, you know, ultimately for me, I'm going to think of, you know, 20, 30% max of my accounts is what I will deem an A account. Right, my highest strategic level priority. So maybe three to five max out of my 15 accounts are what I'm going to focus on. Then I'll have my chunk of B accounts, chunk of C accounts. Now that's how I'm going to start. 
For me as a seller and with my selling team though, I'm going to want to revisit this exercise probably every six months to go back and look at, are my A's still my A's? Are my B's still my B's? Or has something happened right, for C to pop up to an A? And this is sort of that close alignment between ABM and sales is super important because ABM has a lot of great tools at their disposal of intent mm-hmm. data, like Sixth Sense, to be able to help flag changes in our account set. Because one thing you don't want to do as a seller is just say, these are my A's, these are my B's, and my C's, and I'm sticking to it. Now, you don't want to go recycling every quarter, and you don't want to go flip-flopping accounts every six months in terms of throwing away accounts because it could take you 18 months to land your first piece of revenue on a new logo. Like that's how long it takes in enterprise sales. It's not an overnight thing. So I don't think you just kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater every six months and totally dish accounts, but you do have the flexibility to reprioritize your accounts. Like you have to have that sort of flow within your account set. And it's really important that you partner with marketing to leverage that data that they have access to, to help you analyze that account set. Yeah. I think self-awareness is something that sales reps need when, when going out. (laughs) I I mean, you gotta, you gotta kind of be aware of like, you know, what's really going on because you can easily get stuck on chasing this dream of landing this tier A account when reality, it might need to be a tier B. It might need, you you finally got the, like, let's say the, the heavens, uh, the skies opened up and everything like that. And you got that VP on the phone somehow. And he just straight up told you, look, this is not going to happen for another year. Would love to talk, but I can guarantee you there's no team here that's going to be able to use your solution until a year. We're on a spending freeze. The economy is crap. We can't do anything. So now you're kind of stuck. You got the head honcho to tell you like, it's not going to happen. You got to kind of be self-aware of like, okay, you know what? Maybe this needs to be a tier B. Maybe I need to let marketing nurture this account a little bit more as I then start to look at my other tier Bs. Maybe one of them could be moved into tier A um, and I start going after them and let marketing do their thing with my tier Bs. Um, It's tough to to just sit there and like, you don't want to give up, but sometimes you got to look and and at yourself and be like, I got it. I got to let this one go. Not completely, but I need to, I need to stop spinning my wheels on this one and, and go focus on something else. Um, so that, that's key as well. Um, I think it's, you know, marketing and sales, they need to have the constant communication here with the target account list. Um, you know, marketing can see a lot of things that sales reps can't, like you said, with Sixth Sense, with, with G2 crowd, with, with all these plethora of marketing technologies out there now, um, you can see a lot. Um, and if you're a company, if your company has a huge tech stack, there's a lot you can see. It's up to you to let these reps know effectively, either through automation, you can create alerts, you can create all these, these things, or if you have six cents sales intelligence, you can have, you can teach the AEs how to use it in Salesforce, or it's up to you to have weekly recurrences with, with these reps, letting them know, this is what I'm seeing. Here's what's going on. Uh, they're showing intent on competitor A, you know, and the reps, like, I didn't even know competitor A was even in the mix. Well, now we need to focus on like our attention on battling this. Um, they're, they're doing this. Quite honestly, they have not been looking at us at all and they're showing zero intent. Maybe this might not be the right time. Uh, maybe this is a tier a or a tier B account. 
and we can just, we can nurture this. Like we know this is a good fit account, but doesn't mean that they, they're actually going to buy right now. Maybe we can nurture this a little bit more and kind of create some urgency there. Things like that. But it's, it's you got to have that clear, constant communication between each other. Um, if you're running this named account list um, style of enterprise sales. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I think that's uh, really what we wanted to just talk about today is just kind of walk you through our thoughts on you know, ICP versus target accounts, you know. To summarize, right, the ICP exercise has to be done first. That's part more of your larger go-to-market initiative uh, put together by senior leadership typically. Um, and then you get in the targeted account selection. And there's a lot of different ways to get into that. Um, but I think the one thing that we could agree upon is it's got to be done cross-functional, right? It's got to be done. Yep. I think you called it the holy trinity, right? You need sales, <laughs> you need marketing, and you need someone from RevOps BI, right? Somebody from that, that, yep. that data standpoint. Um, the three of y'all need to come together and build out some sort of scorecard or matrix that you can then provide as a tool to your frontline teams to do the account selection exercise. Yep. And I think, you know, once you get better at this, continue with the exercise, all right, continue working these muscles of, of selecting target accounts and, and all that. And like, maybe the scorecard becomes effective and you're starting to win with it. You can start scaling it by, you know, working with your sales operations team um, or whoever runs Salesforce and creating some sort of, of scoring based off of the data that you have within Salesforce. Now you can start tiering accounts in Salesforce and you can create reports and lists of accounts very quickly. And, you know, based off of literally all the data that is dynamic, this is considered a tier one account. This is what we need to be focusing on. Now things get a little faster. Um, and you can, your go-to-market strategy for that quarter, for that half year, for that full year, whatever, becomes a lot faster and you can get to work instead of spending all your time focusing on um, how am I building this list? Um, so those are things as you get better at it, you know, Salesforce, an amazing tool. If you have somebody that knows how to use it very well, you can build that, scale your, your building target list uh, exercises. Things become a lot faster. Um, and Absolutely. you know, ICP is, is by far the most important part. So senior executives, C-level executives, like you got to be paying attention to the ideal customer profile because if not your reps, your marketing team is just going after random, you know, types of accounts. And that's just spending dollars that you could be utilizing elsewhere. Um, I can't say ICP without, without following up saying, yeah, you know, me, I kind of show my age there. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, it just keeps playing in my head. I'm not gonna lie. I say ICP. <laughs> yeah. You know me. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think this is a great one. This is one I was really looking forward to. This is getting into the the fun part about sales and marketing alignment is like understanding who we need to go after and how, and then how we're going to go after them. Um, and those are things that we'll talk about um, next, you know, in the following episodes is like now, now we've got this list built. How are we going to go after them together? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, when I hear ICP, I think of uh, gigolos and insane clown posse. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. um, well, cool. Yeah. Well, well, Justin, as always, man, uh, it's great talking shop with you on this stuff. Um, you know, we'll we'll be getting in uh, another episode here in a few weeks. We promise we'll be pumping another one out in the next couple yep. of weeks. We're not going to wait two months 
Um, so as always, if you have any suggestions of things you'd like to hear us cover in terms of sales, marketing, alignment, enterprise sales, uh, shoot them our way. Uh, we're also going to start lining up some um, guests to join us as well, where I will sit down and talk with some guest marketers and Justin will sit down and talk with some guest uh, enterprise sellers. So we're going to be mixing it up, adding some new flavors, getting some different perspectives into the conversation as well, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. I think those are going to be uh, some fun conversations to be had. Excited. Lots of great things to come. All right. Well, uh, until next time, thanks everyone for tuning in and we will, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody. (laughs) 